Thank you for joining. There is good news to the world. There is a vaccine coming, not one, a few, a few companies, and everybody feels like it's coming, Moshiach is coming. It's, it's odd, odd, here it is. The last vaccine that was able to eradicate a sickness pandemic was polio. Everybody knows about it. Polio started to spread, I think, in 1920. The vaccine only came in 1954. But in 1938, President Roosevelt started a campaign to fundraise from people to sponsor the research of polio. He turned to the country and he asked from every child to send a dime. Children should help other children because polio was mainly a sickness that hurt, attacked children. Well, the children should help other children. And it became the famous name, March of a Dime. That was in January 3rd, 1938. The end of January, the president, President Roosevelt had a, it was his birthday and he spoke to the nation and he told that every day are coming dozens of envelopes. He says literally truckloads of, of uh, mail is coming to the mail room in the White House. He said yesterday, 40,000 envelopes came. The day that he was speaking, even more than 40,000. He says we cannot even count the envelope. We count the bags, the sacks are coming. That's what they are counting. Most of them were dimes. In every envelope was a dime. Some of them were quarters and even dollars. The majority of the money came from children. Years later, other organizations took the idea of fundraising, of asking for a small amount of money for many people. At that time, they were fundraising. The, the fundraiser that the president then launched bought in $85,000. Over the years, March of a Dime, March of, of a Dime raised over 7 billion dimes. It's a lot of money. But this idea of fundraising small amount of money was not invented by Roosevelt. Today, beside of being Thanksgiving, is also a Jewish a Hasidic holiday. If you would be in shul, you would know that we didn't say Tachnun, we didn't say the prayers for forgiveness that we usually say on a Thursday. It's a day that we celebrate the liberation of the second Chabad Rebbe from jail in Russia. We're talking about, he was a Rebbe between 1812 and 1827. He was the leader of Chabad. His time, the 1800s, all from beginning of 1800, actually late 1700, in the beginning of 1800, until 1918, until it was the communist revolution, 1917, the Jewish people, the Russian government decided that the Jewish people should live in a ghetto. A huge ghetto, what a ghetto. It's called the Pale of Settlement. They, were, they couldn't live in the inside Russia. They were allowed to live in Ukraine, in Moldova, Belarus, a part of Poland that was under Russian control. The Tsar made the rules. And even in these parts of, of the country, 
They couldn't work, live in the big cities. And even in the small cities, they couldn't do it. Not every job they could, they could hold. Basically, the Jewish community became very poor. It was an unbelievable poverty in this part of the country. In 1880, actually, they made a, a survey. The government, the Russian government made a survey and, and they discovered that between four and five million Jews were living in this part of Russia. That was at that time, 40% of the Jewish people living in this level of poverty. That's what really motivated the Jews to leave Ukraine in, in, in millions between 1880 and 1920 who came to America, a million Jews and to other countries went and run away. It was because of this level of poverty. Now, the second Chabad Rebbe became Rebbe in 1812 and already from his father inherited a fundraising campaign. There were Hasidim in Israel that his father made a commitment. They went to Israel to live there and to learn Torah. And the Hasidim in Russia used to send them money to support them. And it was a whole big system all over Russia to collect the money from Hasidim. The system was that every week, once a week, a collector comes and everyone makes his commitment, his donation, whatever he says to give in the beginning of the year. Every week he used to give the pledge, a part of the pledge. It became so the, the people became so poor that when you came by the end of the week, nobody had money. That the second Rebbe, his name was Dov Bear. He was called the middle Rebbe. The middle Rebbe came up with an idea. Until then, they used to have charity boxes in public places, synagogue, other places. He said, we will put a charity box in every home. And in this charity box, put it by the table, by the dining room table or on the wall. Before you sit down to eat a meal, put a coin in the charity box. One coin in the morning, one coin in the evening before the meals. You see in that time, people did not eat at three meals a day and then uh, um, four o'clock drinking tea with, with, with cookies. It was two meals a day, once in the morning, once in the evening. Therefore, they didn't need to go to the gym to work out so much. They ate a little less. Not like today us, we are constantly busy with another from one meal to the next. Then he says, before you sit down to a meal, put a coin. It's nice to say we are celebrating Thanksgiving. It's nice to say thank you. It's nice to eat uh, turkey. Sometimes people volunteer. But the real way of thinking is by giving. You put in the coin, you put in the charity box, a coin every morning and every evening. And once a month or so, is to come the collector, get the whole family around the table, pull, pull out all the money in the charity box, count up how much coins there is, give the family a receipt, and this money is to move over all the way until it was sent to Israel. This idea of charity boxes spread with no time all over Europe. And every organization adopted the idea. And they started to do that, and they started to spread the, the it was in every home was, was a charity box. To give every day a little bit, something. This brings us to the Parsha of this week. In the Parsha of this week, we read about Jacob. Jacob was on the way 
in the name of the parsha is Vayetze. Jacob is leaving Israel, leaving Be'er Sheva, is going to Haran. Why is he leaving Israel? For two reasons. Number one, he's running away from Esau, his brother, who wants to kill him. Number two, he, his father told him, go to Haran and marry somebody from the family. Marry somebody from, from your cousin. And the way to Haran, it's getting night, he has to lay down to sleep. Jacob was a warrior. He constantly was afraid going to live in Israel by himself. Who knows what he's going to find there? He has a dream. In the dream, the famous dream, he sees a big ladder that goes all the way to heaven. And he saw angels are going up and down. Then God hovers over him and tells him, Jacob, don't be afraid. I will go with you. I will take care of you and I will bring you back to the land of, of, your, of, your, of your fathers. You'll come back. Don't worry, everything will be good. He wakes up in the morning. He's so excited. He's so uplifted. He makes a promise to God. He says, God, if you will take me there to Haran and you will provide me with bread to eat and clothing to wear and you will bring me pay back in peace to my, to, the, to my homeland, to my parents' house, I promise you the stone that I slept over it, I will turn it into a house of God and everything that I have, I will tight. I will give 10% on everything, everything that I possess. He introduced the concept of tithing. What's the difference in tithing and charity? Charity is usually a poor man comes to you, you give him charity. You go on the street, somebody is approaching you, you give him something. Somebody knocks on your door, or organization calls you on the phone, reaches you on, on the email, or any other way today, you give them. When you're asked to give, you have obligation from the Torah to give, not to close your end. Tithing is something else. Even if nobody is asking you, no poor people around, I have to give 10% of my income to charity. It's not mine. It belongs to, to, the, to the poor or to the poor, to the poor organizations. And then you take off 10%. And when the poor man comes, you take from this 10% and you give him. If no poor man knocked on your door, no organization called you, you have to look for the poor man, look for the organization and give it to them. That's what Jacob introduced to the, to the Bible, to the Jewish people. The charity box is the same idea. You put coins in the charity, and in this way, you, 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 in, in this way you give charity, not because you have a poor man who is by the door knocking and the door is knocking for you. I have what to eat. I think about somebody, before I sit down to eat, I think about somebody else who doesn't have what to eat and put a coin in the charity box. The charity box became a part of the Jewish home. Just like in a Jewish home, there is candlesticks, Friday night, just in a Jewish home, there is a menorah, a Hanukkah, for Hanukkah, there is a charity box. This is something that doesn't exist in non-Jewish homes. You will not find it usually in a non-Jewish home, a charity box. This is something that belongs to Jewish people. The concept of charity. Now what happened in the last few years, the last 20 years, Jewish organization found better ways to fundraise. Charity boxes. To sponsor the cost of the guy who will collect the charity boxes, 
is more cost to, or to pay him the salary is more than you're going to collect on the charity box. But they miss the point. The point is not about how much money is coming. The point is about the education that every child knows he wakes up in the morning, he puts a coin in the charity box. The custom was by the Jewish people that Friday night before you light Shabbat candles, the women and the daughters before they light the candles, they put a coin in the charity box. Then when they turn to God and they close their eyes and they're praying while they're lighting the candles, they're asking for a good, for a good week, that the children should be healthy, there should be love in the home. God answers their prayer because they think about somebody else, God thinks about them. This idea was very dear to the Rebbe. Whenever anybody came to ask a blessing, Rebbe, my father is in the hospital, the Rebbe is to give him a dollar and tell him, make sure that your father's room in the hospital, there is a charity box and put a dollar inside. Somebody came and says, I had an accident, I need a blessing. Rebbe is to give him a dollar, make sure you have a charity box in your glove department, in your car. Whenever you, your car should have a charity box and this will bring you at a level of protection. In your business, I start a new business. Here is a dollar, put in your, put in your charity box that you make sure you have it in your business. If I remember correct, the Rebbe gave a dollar for all the allowed planes. They put a charity box in every plane. The idea that adding a, a, a component of security and protection to every Jew, is there guarantees? No, it's just like the mask. You wear the mask, is that a guarantee? No, but you wear it because there is better chances. Just like the same thing is with the charity box. And especially with children, the Rebbe the custom and he used to walk into the synagogue or walk out, walk for him his office. Whenever he saw a child, he gave him a coin and he used to wait until he put it in the charity box and used to tell him, thank you, I thank. When I was a child, my father took me in 1977. I was in New York. I was standing there and the Rebbe gave me coins a few times in a few occasions. And I put in the charity box and, I, and he told me, thank you. And then I remember later when I was as a yeshiva student there, sometimes he used to walk in and there were 30, 40 children waiting for him. And patiently he gave every child a coin. And then even though sometimes he used to bring babies who are three days old just from the hospital straight to get a, a coin from the Rebbe. And the Rebbe sometimes used to wait and open the baby's hand and put the coin in this, this little baby was just born into his hand to teach him to give charity. That because, because it's all about the idea of charity is the more times that you give in the charity box, the more, more mitzvahs you have. You become a, a chariot for God to do the mitzvah. Just as then to get the vaccine for polio, they needed a fundraiser. This time, thank God, American government and other government gave the money, but the, the, the vaccine that's coming out soon should work and should everything be successful and no side effects. We need to give also charity. And we, we are offering, we are ordered a whole bunch of charity boxes clear boxes that's written on it. The only word it's written is Zaka charity in Hebrew and in English. And everyone who wants a charity box will be happy to give him. And he can later when it's filled up, he can choose the charity of his choice. He doesn't have to bring it here. It's not about, it's not a fundraiser. It's about teaching ourselves 
and our children to give charity. Every time that the coins falls in, it's another, it tips the scale of our side that should be good for us. And the biggest mitzvah that can, that's greater than any other mitzvah is the mitzvah of charity. Just the coin, the 10 cent, the dime that you were talking, talking about in 1938 is just as good now. It's not about the, the amount. It's about the how many, how many times you do the same mitzvah. This will bring us ultimately the best thing, the best vaccine, the best cure for all our problems will be when we're coming with Moshiach.